G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Last few weeks on the program, we've been discovering how it is that God speaks to us today and how we can get about hearing Him when He does speak. The question is, when it's something big or important, how can we make sure that we've heard Him right? Because the last thing we want to do is to get it wrong, right? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're heading into the final message in this series called How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? And yeah, it's really important when it comes to those big decisions in life that we make sure that we've truly heard from God. So let's dive into his word and please do stay tuned because in a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you hear the voice of God, God speaking directly to you for yourself. Great to be with you again today in this last message in the four-part series that I've called How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? And today we're going to take a look at how God sometimes speaks to us through the people around us. Just the other night I was asked to spend some time facilitating a discussion amongst the elders, the church council of a particular church not far from where I live. It seems that what had been going on is that there was conflict amongst some of the leaders, and that's not good. Leaders of God's people shouldn't be in conflict. They should act in unity. The Apostle Paul, writing to his friends at the church in Philippi, said this, Philippians chapter 2, verse 2, Make my joy complete, be of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and of one mind. We were chatting about the fact that God's made each one of us differently. Romans chapter 12, some of us are prophets, others servers, others teachers, encouragers, givers, leaders, carers. And I can tell you, a leader is going to have a totally different view of the world compared to, say, an encourager or a carer. That's because leaders are wired one way, the encourager is wired another way, and the carer is wired yet another way on the inside. That's the way it is, because we're different. We see things differently, and often that's the source of conflict. Now, in this meeting, one of the elders of the church, an an older man with a great deal of wisdom, asked the $64 million question. He said, okay, so we're all different with different points of view then how are we meant to discern the will of God out of all those different views? And that, my friend, is a very, very good question. One of the things I'm prone to do is to race out and just do things without listening to the advice of other people. It's because my personality type is the leader. I'm an action person. I work on the theory that if I make ten decisions today and get just seven of them right, I'm way ahead than if I only made three decisions but got them all right. And my good friend Keith Henry, with whom I co-authored the book My Personality GPS, he makes this point about leaders. He says that one of their natural weaknesses is they often fail because they don't listen to advice. Those detail people, you know the sort, they analyse everything to the nth degree. Those detail people naturally drive me nuts because they slow me down. I want to get on with things and they want to analyse things first. But you know what I've learned? I have learned that without those detailed people, I am going to fail at things 
because God is in the detail. The detail matters. And part of my growing up, my process of maturing, is to value and to listen to the detailed people because they're really, really, really important to me. And I've come to realise that often God will speak to me through the gifts and the abilities of other people, even, let me say, people who in the natural have a tendency to drive me nuts. I love that. God has such a great sense of humour in dealing with our own immaturity. Okay, what does God's word have to say on this issue? This answer to the $64 million question, when there are all these different perspectives, how are we supposed to discern God's will? Well, there are a few fantastic bits of wisdom on this very thing in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22 says, Without counsel, plans go wrong, but with many advisers, they succeed. Proverbs 18, verse 2, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing personal opinions. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18, Plans are established by taking advice. Wage war by following wise guidance. Isn't that great stuff? What God's saying to us here is that if we rush off in a fit of pride because we think we know best, well, there's every chance that our plans will go off the rails. But if we humble ourselves, instead of being more interested in our own opinions and listen to the advice of others, that's how our plans are going to succeed. I have to tell you, this is something I've had to learn and I've learned it the hard way. And the more I've learned it, the more I've succeeded. We were recently planning something really new in the Ministry of Christianity Works, quite different and quite new. And so we pulled together a group of very different people to plan and implement the project. Very different people, I have to say. And with all that I am, I believe we heard God speak through this process. And with all that I am, that's exactly what I think God meant for us to do. Without counsel, plans go wrong, but with many advisors, they succeed. It's awesome stuff. It is so easy to fall into conflict when teams of people are working together, or at least trying to, and yet everyone sees things from a different perspective. And the key to discerning God's will is mutual submission. That requires wisdom. Have a listen to what God has to say about his wisdom, the wisdom that comes from above. James chapter 3, verse 17. The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. The bit I really like in there that strikes a chord with me is the bit that says, willing to yield. Willing to get off its high horse, listen to the skills and views and gifts and abilities of other people, those godly men and women that God's put around us. It's when we yield that we hear the voice of God. Let me say it again. It is when we yield that we hear the voice of God. And there's a reason for that. James chapter 4 verse 6. Because God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So often we want to hear God speak. We, we want to discern the will of God. God, what are you doing? God, what's next? God, this is a tight spot. How do I deal with this? And yet we ignore the good advice of the godly men and women that God's put around us. Hello? Why? Because we're proud. Let me say this lovingly but directly. Immature and foolish and proud. Because as it says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2, Like a fool, we take no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing our own personal opinions. We all know people like that. We've all done that. We get on our high horse, we think we're right, and we're not interested in listening to anyone else. And to stop doing that, we need to humble ourselves. Sometimes, as we saw last week on the program, God speaks to us supernaturally. Other times, he speaks to us through the ordinary and the everyday. 
Both are equally valid. And one of the great delights of my heart, something that I've grown to truly love, is to hear God speak through the lives and the mouths and the skills and the abilities and the giftings and the experience of other people. Because by his grace, he's taught me to get off my high horse, to shut up and to listen. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a scripture verse with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, the Bible in both the Old and the New Testament talks about God speaking to his people through dreams and visions. You see, for some of us, particularly those with a rational Western mindset like me, that can be a bit freaky. What we want to do is to take a black marker and strike those bits out of our Bibles because, well, it makes us feel a bit uncomfortable. Does God really speak to people that way? Well, what does his word really say on the subject? And what does it mean for you and me here and now? Right now, I want to go on and chat about dreams and visions because that's something the Bible, the New Testament, talks about. But are they real? Does God really still speak through dreams and visions today? Or is this a phony notion? I think they're reasonable questions to ask when we're inquiring as to how God speaks with us. Now, maybe you're thinking, dreams and visions? Oh, for goodness sake, where's this joker coming from? Is he for real? Well, my response to you is simply this. My heart, my passion, is to dive into God's Word, the Bible, to read it, to understand it as best I can, and to live it. I'm a simple kind of guy. And that's how I approach life. And one of the things that happens is that God often does things in ways that I, with my rational Western mindset, perhaps wouldn't have chosen had I been in his big shoes. Well, fortunately for you, I'm not. That's the upside. But perhaps the downside is that if we accept God at his word, then we have to accept that he's going to do things his way, even if they don't always quite make sense to us. So what does God's word say about dreams and visions? I'm going to share with you a passage from chapter 2 from the book of Acts. God's Spirit has just been poured out on these Christians. They're all talking in different languages. They're behaving as though they're drunk, literally. You can read it for yourself, the fifth book in the New Testament, the book of Acts, chapter 2. Not surprisingly, the other Jews in Jerusalem at the time are pretty critical of this sort of behaviour. They're accusing these Christians of being drunk, so Peter the Apostle stands up to explain. Acts, chapter 2, beginning at verse 12. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, Are they filled with new wine? But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. 
men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven and above and and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, what's going on here is that the unexpected is happening. These Christians are falling over as though they're drunk. They're speaking in different tongues. And to silence the sceptics, Peter gets up and says, You think this is amazing? This is nothing. Wait to see what else is going to happen. And then he goes on to quote the Old Testament prophet of Joel. Remember, this is Jerusalem in the first century. Everybody listening knows the scripture that he's quoting. And he promises that the Holy Spirit will cause people to have dreams and visions and prophecies all ways that God is going to speak with us. It's in the Bible, Peter's saying, so don't shoot me, the messenger. And if I could personally echo that same sentiment to you here and now, if you somehow feel uncomfortable with the notion of dreams and visions and prophecies and me talking about it, friend, it's in the Bible, so please, don't shoot the messenger. Do you know that many, many Muslims who come to put their faith in Jesus Christ report that they saw Jesus coming towards them in a dream. In fact, this is a really, really common occurrence. Has God ever spoken to me in that way? No, he hasn't. I hear God in different ways, and that's fine. We're all different, and God knows that, and he speaks to us in different ways. But I I have been impacted by this, absolutely. When my wife, Jackie, first visited our church, this was before she was my wife, in fact, none of us knew who she was, she came on a Sunday morning, a service when I was preaching, And she came back again on the Sunday evening. Now, in the evening, our pastor Phil was scheduled to preach that night. You may have heard me speak about Phil before. He's a practical, very down-to-earth kind of guy. He gets up, he's about to preach, and he looks towards Jackie. Didn't know her name, none of us knew her. And he said to her, look, God's given me a vision for your life. And he went ahead and he described this picture, this vision he'd had, in a huge amount of detail. It was a pretty gutsy thing to do, I thought. Well, Jackie's pretty quiet and shy, so she didn't react. Months later, though, we discovered that this was an incredibly difficult time in her life and that she'd been wanting God to speak to her and that that vision that Phil described to her that night was a huge turning point in her life's journey. In fact, if Phil hadn't communicated that to her that night, she probably wouldn't be my wife today. In many parts of the world, people have no problems at all with the idea that God speaks through dreams and visions and prophecies. But somehow we Westerners, with our rational, materialistic mindset, struggle with the idea. Let me come back to where I started. We should test everything like this against God's word. Sometimes people will come to us with stuff that isn't from God. But sometimes it is from God. And if God tells us in his word, the Bible, that all along it's been his plan to speak to us through dreams and visions and prophecies, well, I don't know about you, but I think we should be listening. Yes, it's open to abuse. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul talks about this, about people who dwell on visions being puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking. 
That's why we test everything against God's word. But friend, God does things in ways that you or I perhaps wouldn't have done. And I hunger to hear him speak. And I delight in hearing him speak. When, how, that's his choice. Our job is to listen. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. God loves you more than words can ever possibly say. That's why he yearns to speak his love, his wisdom, his power directly into your life. And yet so many people are uncertain. So many people struggle to hear his voice. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of a special edition book called How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you hear God's voice for yourself. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send this special edition book straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that this particular book will be available, so please don't miss out. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Now, as we've seen on the program over these last few weeks, God speaks to us in all sorts of different ways. But now, how do you really know when he's truly leading us in a particular direction? I mean, sometimes we have big decisions to make. Who should I marry? Should I leave my job and go into ministry or, or into this new career? You know, that sort of stuff. How do we know that we're truly hearing God correctly? Well, here we are, almost at the end of this series that I've called How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? And over the course of these four messages, we've looked at eight different ways that God speaks to us today. The Bible, firstly, God's Word. Secondly, God speaks to us in times of prayer when we get still before Him. Thirdly, God speaks to us through preaching and teaching, God-anointed, Spirit-filled, faithful, Christ-centered preaching. He speaks to us through signs and wonders, through prophets, Sometimes he speaks right out of the blue, other times through the counsel and the gifts and the abilities of others, and sometimes he speaks through dreams and through visions. And you know, you add that up, and what you discover is that God is speaking rather a lot, principally, primarily through the authority of his word, the Bible, the living word of God. That's why we put it right up there at number one. If numbers two through eight purport to be God speaking, then they'd better be consistent with number one, the word of God, if they aren't then they're not from God. It's as simple as that. Let's make no mistake, God is not in the business of contradicting himself. God is not in the business of changing his mind. But he is interested in our lives, in the nitty-gritty of our lives, and he knows that sometimes we need his guidance. And because he loves us, it stands to reason, therefore, that he is going to speak specifically into our lives as any father would. Heard a pastor, a man whom I respect greatly, stand up and preach a sermon not too long ago in which he basically said that God these days only speaks through his word, the Bible, and through no other means, not through prophets, not through signs and wonders, not through anything except the Bible. Mm. Well, the first thing is, the first thing is that it's not what the Bible says. Each of the other ways that God speaks with us that we've looked at over these last few weeks, numbers two through eight that I just listed previously, in that list we just went through, each of those is straight out of God's word, the Bible. But afterwards, when I went and asked this pastor a couple of questions, it was interesting. The first one I asked was, well, 
how did you come to be an ordained minister in this church, in this denomination? And his answer was, well, because I felt called. And, friend, that's exactly the right answer. In fact, it's God's calling that's the only answer. So my next question was, well, how did you discern that calling? How did you come to the conclusion that God was calling you into his ministry? And he then proceeded to tell me about this and that, all the things we've been talking about in 2 through 8, through other people, through preaching, through voices out of the blue. Yet he didn't want to acknowledge that God speaks that way, even though this man had discerned his calling into ministry that way. It stands to reason that if we feel led by God to do this or to do that, we somehow must have heard him speak that into our lives. That's what this series of messages have been all about, going into God's word and learning from him how it is that he chooses to communicate with us. But learning to discern his calling, learning to put the pieces together sometimes isn't easy. Along the way, I've made mistakes, and I'm sure you have too. And when it comes to the big decisions in life, that's a bit of a scary prospect. What if we think we're hearing from God, but we're not? in choosing a wife or a husband, or in choosing a particular career or ministry, or in in maybe heading off to some distant foreign land to become a missionary. You get the point. I mean, I do believe that sometimes, oftentimes, God's leading leads us right into the wilderness for an experience of the wilderness when we're expecting instant success. And that's okay. I'm not bothered by that. The issue simply uppermost for me is that if I'm going to head off in this direction or in that, then I want it to be the direction that God has chosen and ordained and prepared for me. That's all. Whatever way it is, I want it to be God's way. How do you discern God's will amongst the noise and the distractions of life? A prophecy, a dream, a passage from the Bible that leaps out at you. Man, were they from God or am I just imagining this? Before the days of global terrorism as a frequent flyer, I was often invited up into the cockpit of a plane to sit in the jump seat and watch takeoffs and landings. They were the good old days. One time I was returning during the night to Sydney on a flight from New Zealand and I was in the cockpit of a Boeing 767, which which gives you a great view out of the front windscreen, better than most other commercial planes at the time. And flying to Sydney, well, it's a pretty big city. There were so many lights. I thought, how are the pilots going to pick the runway out amidst all these lights? I mean, I know they were flying by instruments, but eventually they had to see the runway. And then all of a sudden we turned... And the plane levelled off, and the runway came into view. This bright, straight row of lights. I mean, you just couldn't miss it. All those lights in a row clearly, unmistakably showed the pilots which direction to fly in and how to land once they were off their instruments into visual mode. And for me, it's the same thing with discerning God's will. He speaks to us in different ways at different times, and, and learning to understand him is a process, as it is in any relationship. But when I feel him leading me down a particular path, inevitably what happens is two or three or four things kind of line up in a straight line. A scripture verse that set my heart on fire and just won't go away. And then someone else comes along with a word, a prophecy, and they don't know what's going on. They don't know what I'm thinking and dreaming. And then some event, that door over there that I thought was open, slams shut in my face. And this one over here, to my surprise, opens up. And all of a sudden... It's like those lights on the runway. They end up in a bit of a straight line, like little ducks in a row that point you in a certain direction. And sometimes, oftentimes, you can't actually see them until you start heading down the path. In fact, that's mostly the case. We have to step out first in faith, often letting go of the past, before God reveals what's coming next. 
That's why it's called stepping out in faith. But friend, time and time and time again, I have seen my God just line those little ducks up in a row. And when I see that, I start to head down that path, prayerfully, eyes open, asking God to open doors if it's his will and to slam them shut if it's not. Sometimes there's opposition and that's where faith comes in. But above all, I always remember this. God is a faithful God. He knows my heart. He will not lead me down a path that he doesn't want me to follow. Yes, sometimes he will take me into the wilderness. Yes, sometimes he needs to prune me and cleanse me so that I can bring him more glory. That's fine. That's his choice. I just want to make sure I'm following in his direction. And whilst I've run into the occasional dead end along the way, you know, as I look back, look back over the last decade and a half of walking with Jesus, I can see how he's guided me to where he wants me to be. Friend, God is a faithful God. God is still speaking to us today through his Bible, through prophecies and dreams and visions and other people, and he's speaking to us in so many different ways. Can I encourage you to stop, to spend time with him, to listen to him, to learn to discern his voice. Jesus said we would hear his voice and we would know that it's him. And as we grow in that and we discover how we can hear God's voice, friend, that is such a wondrous thing. God is still speaking to his people today. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to enter into a rich, dynamic, powerful relationship with Jesus where they hear the voice of God for themselves. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. And each dollar that you give toward the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus. That is amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or calling 1-300-722-415. And listen, when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that special edition book that I've been telling you about. It's called How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? Again, online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.